And by standing forward, we have to acknowledge that there's a culture of sexual violence, rape culture that men have benefited from. And in order for it to change, men have to change it. The same way we ask white people as black people to change white supremacy and stand up in the face of white supremacy, we have to call ourselves to that same duty when it comes to changing rape culture. You know. We all look at Kavanaugh and we see some similarities to things who've happened in our lives. At some point, we've traumatized some women in some way that we might not have even acknowledged because it was normalized. You know, at some point a woman said no and you, you tried to pressure her into doing something because this was normal activity for us as men. We were supposed to score, quote unquote. And when you realize and you listen to these stories of these women, you realize that they've been damaged as a result of the things that we took as normalized. So that, that comes with accountability. It comes with accountability and saying, I might have done something that I might not have raped a woman, but I've done something that, that may have traumatized her as a man. And that's when manhood begins, when we take accountability for our own faults. And so that, that's why I'm out here mainly. And, and when you look at Kavanaugh and, and, and understanding that mentality, if you can't come to terms with the fact that you may have harmed a woman indirectly, not on purpose, and be honest as a man, then you're not fit to sit on the Supreme Court. You know, so you you, you, you can't represent me. You can't represent us in the highest court in the land. So this is why I stand out here in solidarity with our women. I've watched them protest, I've watched them march for us for years. You know, and I thought it was imperative that we come out here and do the same and show them how we honor them and how we love them and how we're willing to stand for them. Alright, um, it is Wednesday, October 10th, 2018, um, I'm just gonna start off talking about me real quickly, cause, um, okay, I'm homeless, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm kinda homeless, uh, this isn't, this isn't a bit or anything, um, Three days ago, I finally uh, took the plunge and, well, uh, the owner of Sad Animal House kicked me out because, um, let me give you a brief idea of, of what kind of place Sad Animal House is. Somebody who lived at, at Sad Animal House, um, a known kleptomaniac and also a serial harasser and a, a, and a possible dog rapist, um... Stole twenty dollars out of my wallet that was in my pants. Um, I was very upset about that, and um, I told the I told the owner about it, and then I said, "Like I'm not taking, I'm not dealing with this person anymore. Don't ask me to, don't tell me to take them, drop them off anywhere. Just like no, nothing." And so. He got very upset at the fact that I had the nerve to tell him I want no contact with the dude who stole twenty dollars from me. So he was very, he's a very upset, especially. And also, I texted him about it at two o'clock in the morning, cause knowing that he would probably wouldn't see it until the morning. But he was really upset about that. I texted him about the whole situation. Well, I just said I'm not picking, dropping him off anymore, or whatever. At a and I just, I just, I was just up late, and I just texted that, seeing, knowing that he'll see it in the morning. But he was very upset the fact that I texted him at two o'clock in the morning, 
And so basically, yeah, we got in this whole big thing. By the way, I was at some kind of art function where they were where people were making um, cakes out of making our very artisanal cakes that had a lot to do with mental illness and depression. So I'm I'm at this this function um, yelling in my um, my earbuds because it's connected to my phone. How like you? Oh, because he he said he said like hey I'm you know hey you 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 you're not running anything you don't have the, you know you have no say in anything so like well you're right the minute I said hey are you really kicking me out because I don't want to deal with a dude who stole twenty dollars out of my wallet that's why I knew I had to go like he yeah I just knew just like this was it I can't I can't I can't be involved in this environment anymore a very toxic environment environment in the next in the few weeks and months to come i will put way on blast because this place is perhaps the worst place i've ever come in contact with one of the biggest mistakes of my life was um moving in there and thinking you know i could just uh, buy my time and possibly get work here and there while I'm staying there with these old men who smoke and urinate on themselves and masturbate and then having to deal with the owner of this dreadlocked, highly mediocre musician with a major god complex who, who for some reason felt that that I was his slave. And so just like thinking that I would actually... Because he, he offered me a job. He offered me, you know, because I was, like, I was really de- uh, trying to get work all over the place. It just wasn't clicking. And he and um, he came by he came by one day and said, one morning he said, uh, you know, how would you like to, uh, you know, I could pay you to take care of the guys. And I was like, cool, great. And, and that's cool. Just, and, um. He pulled me and said, like, I'll pay you a little bit. It's not much. And it's like, like whatever. I, mean, I appreciate it, man. I should have known something was up when he pulled me aside. And he said, um, the first, well, the first thing we need to talk about is the, we have to handle your phone etiquette. And I was like, what, what are you talking about, my phone etiquette? And he said, well, you know, you call me up. All the time, you just say, hey, you just, you know, tell me what's happening at the house and everything. Just like, you just, you don't say hello or good or good morning. How are you? Just like, first off, I've known this guy for like 20 years. So I thought I didn't have to make some, some creepy ass small talk with somebody I've known for two decades. Thought we, we went past that point where we could, where we had to exchange pleasantries and stuff. Yeah, that's why I knew that, you know, he, you literally had to talk to this dude like you were a servant at Downton Abbey. For some reason, he, he was really keen on you greeting him. And, and then once again, it goes back to the whole slave mentality. Just like he really, he literally wanted me. And, and by the way, dude, dude's black, dude's black. He, ugh, but yeah, he, listen, 
I'll talk about this in some other form or fashion later on, but just, just letting you know about the situation I'm currently in, where, uh, like, past few nights I've been sleeping in my car. I gotta say, um, even though I am homeless, um, I'm doing okay. I, I guess the, I guess the fact that I don't have to live at at that location anymore and not have to deal with all the things I had to do, just like basically uh, like work for free and um, having to deal with with men who are either just old and just ha- you know just don't care anymore and just don't care about you or don't care about anybody just themselves or just men who um who are on the verge you know they have mental issues but also they really need to be looked at by actual professionals cuz me I'm not a you know professional in any sense so just like somebody who could, you could act like somebody who is who needs round the clock care and that person who takes care of that person needs to be comp- compensated highly because taking care of somebody who does all the horrible things they do for free is just they can take a toll on somebody um, because I'm not dealing with that anymore I'm 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 straight you know sure I mean I'm sleeping in the car and my nights these days uh, consist of trying to find a parking lot I can go to where I can just sleep and not have security shoot me away. And, by the way, yeah, let's let's talk about Walmart for a second because I thought from all the New York Times articles I read that Walmart welcomes uh, people into their parking lots, but apparently there's there's certain Walmarts that does that, uh, that certain Walmarts that do that, not any of the Walmarts in Houston, apparently. Houston really do not like homeless people. They really don't. They, they, they like having security people roll up my car like, hey, what are you doing? Like, my clothes are in the back, so you know damn well what I'm doing. I'm just hanging out. Just, let's leave me alone. Just, uh, so, um, so that's been happening, and uh, today, um, got to give a special shout-out to Scott Weinberg and Matt Prejay because I, I wrote a long thread about it on Twitter, and they uh, they uh, jumped up to help me out. And I re- I'm not really trying to look for handouts or anything. Like, tr- like if you do not think I'm, I have not spent the past going on two years trying to look for work or something in this godforsaken town, you are sadly mistaken. Um, but, uh, it's been very extreme, extreme, extremely difficult. Also considering how, um, a year ago there was a hurricane that kind of, uh, really put a monkey wrench in everybody's program. So, um, so yeah, that has been difficult. You know, it's been, it's been hard already coming into Houston homeless and then this, this natural disaster happens, which makes everybody else homeless. And you have to get in the back of the line. 
and just uh, having to find a way to maintain and stuff. I've been freelancing you know, here and there, but the, the you know, freelancing just man, just it's bad enough that journalists aren't really well respected. But freelance journalists, Jesus Christ, they you might as well you might as well just be a vagabond, because because freelance journalists, you know, it's just they freelance journalists are just like the 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 bottom tier in the in the journalists. People who actually who have no stability so they just they just toss you aside whenever they don't care about what you write or what you're capable of they're just like oh he's freelance or whatever <sighs> yeah i'm gonna keep this brief because we got a lot of show I'll, I'll just i'll just i'll just plow through a lot of things uh brett kavanaugh you know i don't even want to say i told you so this is just what happens you know, you just basically just have to realize that uh, as long as old white men are in power, they're going to do what the hell they want. They don't care about women or minorities or anything. They just want to maintain power. And like I told you all for the past three weeks, get some black women, some angry black women together who just got off work and just, you know, who got like uh, who got uh, swole feet from from from. Um, Walking all damn day on the bus stops and all that stuff. Just just get them together and just just have have them descend on the Washington and smack them upside the heads. Uh, Taylor Swift uh, apparently now is very political. She's uh, supported a couple of Democratic candidates, and that pissed off Mike Huckabee and all that whole crew. But it got us. a spike in uh, voter registration. And also, it made a lot of people forget about the shady-ass stuff she's done in the past, apparently. Just like, oh, just like... I guess SJWs, they really have... And, and liberals, they really have a short-term memory when it comes like, oh, you're on our side? Then we'll forget about all the the time you try to, uh, uh, you know, try to step on Katy Perry's shine or just, or just all the other shady things you did. Um... Line, uh, Azealia Banks going after Lon Del Rey. Why do we even care about what Azealia Banks does? Just, I, I've yet to hear a one Azealia Banks song. <laughs> just, I, I know a lot of Lon Del Rey songs, but like apparently Azealia, Azealia Banks is just like the musical Cat Williams. Just uh, trying to find uh, a lane where she could just uh, talk about people and and nobody and just this half the fun comes in her talking about people even though we nobody pays attention to her nobody cares like why and why are you going after Lana Del Rey we kind of like I didn't know you you you're reaching that high to go after like you you're gonna get a lot of um a lot of uh, young girls uh, suffering from a depression pissed at you because you cho- you choose to go after their their they're master like that. How how dare you? Lana Del Rey speaks to a, y'all, a lot of young ladies' hearts, and, and, and I believe a lot of David Lynch fans, because that's that's how Lana Del Rey rolls. Um, I, I haven't talked about Bill Cosby for the past two weeks because I don't care. Um, but uh, like Bill Cosby uh, going to jail for three to ten years is like one of those sentences where. Like he might be here for three years, he might be here for ten years. We'll, we'll find out. As I said, and apparently he's getting hit with food. 
hit with patties and everything. He's like, and if I hear one more person talk about the whole he tried to buy NBC thing like 25 years ago and now that's this whole thing's. Listen, you, you just got to face it. Bill Cosby's a scumbag. Bill Cosby been uh, quaaluding girls, getting in their draws, and he just, yeah, no, it's it's it, you don't want to admit, you know, you're a big fan of uh, the Cosby Show or whatever or Fat Albert, but that's just a way the cookie crumbles. So whatever, Bill Cosby, don't you know, enjoy Oz. I don't know what the hell it goes. Alright, let's get this thing going so we can... We got a lot of show. So, yeah, this is the most uh, throwed show on a public rate. Wow, that's that's a major sound coming out of there. Well, it's a sour hour. Let's Let's go. Hey, hold up, talking about uh, MCP Atrian, Polo, that here figure Made myself a ghetto star on the slab, sipping bar Smoking, selling, the mother don't come back right That's how get pop, trying to get the cheaper price Watch your paper, guard your life, cause most these ain't living right Keep your pistol a fight, cause I hear Jack every night I keep my mind on my money, fame Big face hunters, deep in the game Hitting the corner in the candy thing Sitting on leather, gripping the grain Look good drink, big money hey. Rolling in something hey. foreign, no leather gripping grain I handle my business, so I think I deserve to hey. Before. I never fuck what I no more. I never pull up with nothing less than a four. And I smoke cigars, it ain't just for the show. I'm blessed from the dope and known for my sit out. I'm sending baby by my home with a spit out. You can have a I ain't sending men out. Smoke the freestyle, old instrument out. Pin out, slip through the wicked streets of PA. Motherfucker, judge, prosecutor, and the DA. Head to the H where the three way, two way, four way. Anyway, the pro say, never hear him say, no, I won't. No, I can't stop it. And no, I don't. Cause the no, I might just explode and slap in the face with a pie LMO. Cause the yeah. get told. Good, eat, good, drink, big money hey. Rolling in something hey. foreign, no leather gripping yeah. I handle my business, so I think I deserve to hey. So, yeah Good, eat, good, drink, big money hey. Rolling in something hey. foreign, no leather gripping yeah. I handle my Y'all business, so I it. think I deserve to Hey, 16-5 piece hey. of SDA. Hey. I grind hard, grind hard, and play hard, play hard. Break out the pot, yep. Heat up the water, damn. Swear to God, the minute van do tricks, hit the brakes, hit the lights, and voila, they go them bricks. I slide through the hood, hood, sitting on some big wheels. Hopping white, turn flips like cartwheels. Trap star, my next tail trip all day. Day, riding dirty, three nines and a four way. Yeah. Good, good, drink, big money. Hey, big money, Rolling man. Something hey. foreign, no we only ride the best. Yeah. I handle my business, one and only so big I think home. I deserve to hey. Try to 
I'd have told you I'm dope. Hey, yeah. <laughs> Sun I'm torn on foreign land. Worldwide, I'm known for the arm and hand. Heard the streets, I'm a wanted man. So it's on again. Started with the block, did it brick by brick. Then I charted with the rock, hit by hit. I'm retarded with the Glock, clip by clip. The competition is none, they deceased to exist. Let it breathe a little bit. He's off his rocker, he's a little skit. Stole like a football hove, used to cook raw. Now I got the game sold like Granny's good shaw. Sure, y'all want war. Y'all got it backwards, y'all shit want raw. Y'all shit want more.
Aguilera. Yeah, isn't it amazing how you talk all this shit and we still lack communication? How beautiful our kids will be, girl, I don't need convincing. How every conversation starts with this time will be different. Oh, all the ideas fun. All the ideas fun. All the idea is so fun every time. At least we try for home run every time. Swinging. Eyes closed, just swinging. Same city, same friends. If you're looking for me, same city, same friends. If you're looking, I'll be here just swinging. Don't talk to me like I'm famous, and don't assume 'cause I don't respect assumptions, babe. I'm just trying to connect with something, babe. Yeah, swinging, hey. Wanna run around the city and make memories that she can barely remember, and not allow her talk about power. Yeah, she just wanna run over my feelings like she drinking and driving in an 18-wheeler, and not allow her talk about power. She used to say you can be whoever you want, even yourself. I show up knowing exactly who I was and never leave as myself. But when it falls apart, I'm always still down to pick a million tiny little pieces off the ground. Wish you would learn to love people and use things and not the other way around. Swinging, eyes closed, just swinging. Same city, same friends. If you're looking for me. Same city, same friends. If you're looking, I'll be here just swinging. Hey, don't talk to me like I'm famous. Hey, don't assume 'cause I don't respect assumptions, babe. I'm just trying to connect with something, baby. I'll be here just swinging. Hey. When my schedule was as flexible as she is, she call and tell me be here for the sun up. I be dressed before we hung up. I take Eglinton to 401 East End, exit at Markham Road in the East End where all the pretty girls are sleeping. My license been expired. I renew it after the weekend. I know I said that. The last seven weekends, girl, I guess procrastination is my weakness. I hate stopping for gas this late 'cause there's 
Creeping and not like how we're creeping Summer is coming, know you can feel it 20 on pump, whatever, I ain't got enough to fill it Won't knock on your door My uncle say you drive my whip like it's yours I got the pedal to the floor I'm on my mother way swinging Don't fall asleep on me hanging there I'll be there just swinging I'll be there just swinging I treat you good girl like you're famous I know I'm late, it's always the same But don't fall asleep on me hanging there Yeah, yeah I'm on the road right now swinging, girl All right, uh, this is the Sour Hour, a.k.a. Everything is Canceled, a.k.a. Damnation Nation. Let's go. A.k.a. The Homeless Hour uh, here on uh, KPFT HD 2, not 3, 2. I am Craig D. Lindsay, a.k.a. Anastasia Beaverhausen, a.k.a. Uncle Crizzle, a.k.a. Black Larry David, a.k.a. Homeless But Happy. And, um... Let's get into uh, the the songs I played. Um, first one up, "Get Throwed" by the one and only Bun B, featuring like zero zero. Uh, I think uh, uh, Young Jeezy back when he was to Young Jeezy and uh, Jay Z from his Trill album. And after that, uh, R and B, aka Reefer and Beer, by the one and the only Devin the Dude from his uh, "Just Trying to Live" album. Uh, way back, uh, I think 2002, 2003. And after that was, uh, Connect by Drake, um, from, uh, his, uh, Nothing Was the Same album, which I, which I think we can all agree is his, his best album, because I don't know if anything before or after that, just like, uh, you take it where you can. Oh, and by the way, um, if you want to contact me, you can hit me up on all the social media platforms at, uh, Uncle Crizzle, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, MySpace, if you still care about that. Uh, if you want, want want me to know you listen to the show, hashtag the Sour Hour. Yeah, go ahead and do that. And if you want to listen to archive episodes, go to Mixcloud.com slash Uncle Crizzle. So there's that thing. And the reason why I was playing uh, those tracks, because they have a lot to do with the guest I have on on tonight's show, which I actually uh, pre-recorded a while ago, um, I met up with the one and only uh, Jay Prince, uh, the CEO of Rapple Out, the guy who kind of got Drake's uh, career going at the Breakfast Club. Him and his crew had a late lunch, and uh, somebody dispatched me down there and said, hey, he's at that place. Why don't you interview him? So uh, we talk about his... Um, his, his new autobiography and talk about his relationship with Drake and talk about a lot of things. So without further ado, let's take, let me take you back to when I talked to this guy. Let me uh, pull, pull up the, uh, the, uh, the audio file and let's see if we can do this. Here we go. Me and Jay Prince at the breakfast club. By the way, there's going to be cars and everything. So just 
Let's go. Okay, here with the uh, uh, J, J, J. J. Prince, Prince. Yeah. James Prince, yeah. uh, outside the Breakfast Club where you just yeah. had a lovely Man. lunch and. Yeah, I got a stomach full. I'm feeling good and uh, ready to talk it out. Talk it out. This is like yeah. this is a breakfast club and a familiar uh, place you go to when you come yeah. back to town. Yeah, the brother have some of the best food in Houston. Yeah, here at the Breakfast Club. So I recommend everybody uh, get a taste of it. Yeah. Well, just yeah. Let me, if I may, uh, say first, like this uh, this interview here is uh, 21 years in the making. Oh, yeah, because wow. uh, I remember like one Thursday, I was uh, going over to the uh, Rap a Lot offices. Okay. To me, you was like like five thirty six o'clock or so. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, you you weren't there. I know you had other things, but like like a, nobody was around. Sadly, so I had to. I had, had other plans to head off, but. It's been one of you, been one of my uh, great white whales, so to speak. Yeah, yeah, being yeah, right. so. I appreciate that, man. And uh, yeah. we here now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, let's just talk about. Uh, well, first off, we'll talk uh, talk about yesterday. Uh, yeah. I believe it was Jay Prince Day at uh, TSU, which is also my alma mater. Oh, okay. Yeah. How yeah. did how did that uh, come about for man, you? Man, that was a it was a beautiful day, you know. My, yeah. Uh, my brother Leslie hooked everything up and, uh, <clears throat> you know, met with the people that be. I showed up and, man, they embraced me like yeah. they always do, you know, with open arms. And, you know, it was it was really great interacting with the students. Yeah. You know, I felt like uh, I did a good service with the questions I asked because they dug in my mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, like, what stuff did they uh, talk to you about? You know about life you know about the blueprints of how to make it in in, in businesses you know uh, about their passions and different things in life you know i explained to them you know how i was able to turn nothing into something and it was so on so many different levels you know my spirituality you know how that played in a played a major role in me accomplishing my goals you know my yeah. My, uh, I explained to them about the poverty curse at a young yeah. age, how I, uh, you know, took on the goal to break the poverty curse yeah. in my family, you know what I mean, because that, for, for decades, that exists. Mm-hmm. And just, I just wanted to know how you go about, when you heard about that day happening, was it like... <laughs> I mean, how'd you hear about it? How'd it come about? And just what was your reaction when you said, oh, I'm getting a day? Yeah. I think, um, you know, I think it's been a day, you know, in the making. I mean, I recall getting invited over t- to TSU by Matthew Knowles, and, you know, the list goes on and on. I'm, uh, I'm somebody the students want to hear from. Yeah. And, you know, the powers that be, the heads, in that school recognize that and uh, you know they they, in, they welcome me with open yeah. arms so yeah it was, it was a beautiful day man I enjoyed myself from the morning all the way to the afternoon you know? yeah and they fed me good too I'm, I'm sure they did yeah good food uh, but uh, uh, were you um, at the uh, Drake show that was popping off and everything this weekend Drake? Yeah. yeah 
Yeah, definitely. I uh, I made it to one of them, and I'm going ten to one tonight as well. So you know, I don't know if you know, but I've been touring. You know, my books. Yeah. You know, merchandise and everything is on the tour, so I'm a part of that uh, whole movement trade. It is. I've I read as kind of a very ingenious way to get your book out there to the public is that uh, uh, to have it coincide with his tour. Everything I know, two have quite a history together. I mean, he writes. He basically writes the forward and everything. And just, I mean, just how did it come about to where you could uh, tour with Drake to get people to know about your memoir? Well, it's a mutual respect that that he and I have for one another that you know started years ago yeah when you know we were me and my son was some of the first to bring drake drake over here to the u.s so <clears throat> it's a mutual respect that we have for one another and uh you know he respect my mind i respect his and i just kind of got creative i felt like uh <laughs> it'd be a good thing to have my book on the tour. Yeah, it kind of reminds me a bit of when uh, Prince did his musicology tour and managed to uh, find a way to uh, sell his uh, CD while also selling uh, ticket sales and that's why that's how his uh, album ended up being one of the uh, most successful ones in that year. Wow. I mean, I mean, is there also kind of a hook with that or is this like is more like a separate thing like, you know, concert goers also get a copy of the book yeah. and that reflects, you know, the book sales and everything? Right, I, I, I definitely didn't think about the Prince concept, but you know we all know Prince was brilliant. Yes, rest in peace. Most definitely, you know, the movement, you know, my book being attached on this tour is adding yeah. to the success that already existed. So it's like icing on the cake. Yeah. Um. Well, well let's talk about the uh, the book. Um, first of all, I just want to say uh, it's not every day that you see a book also sold on the south southeast side in a gas station because that's where I saw a copy of your book it's, don't worry it wasn't bootleg it was $29.99 it was behind the bulletproof glassing but uh, just I don't know if that was kind of like an also part of the plan where all bookstores and other places would be in gas station but it's, in- it's interesting and fine to see it there because it yeah. you know so that you are trying to uh, get people to read the book yeah. in a place that they wouldn't they normally wouldn't go to Barnes and Noble. Exactly. So you get you know, sell it there. Yeah, like places like in the hood, in the ghetto. Yeah. Where there's no bookstores, mm-hmm. not many libraries. Yeah. So yeah, definitely, you know, we are in tune to the streets to the extent where we were able to penetrate in those real hood stores and they got the art and science of respect. Yeah. Because, you know, I'm a true believer that uh, readers are yeah. leaders. Yeah. That's how you become a leader. So, therefore, you know, why not have it behind that bulletproof glass and, you know, some young, brilliant uh, kid or whatnot uh, read up on some novels? Yeah. Well, I'm always fascinated to hear, like, people who aren't necessarily regularly known with writing. Uh, how did how how was the process for them with writing the book? I mean, how long did it take? I mean, at what at, and of course, at what point was it like? You know what? It's time, you know, time to get uh, put my uh, thoughts and words on paper and mm-hmm. just uh, like when did that begin and how long was the process for you? Yeah, I started the book in 2014, 
and basically I was just recording myself. You know, yeah. Recording all the events, everything I could think of that happened, you know, in my life. And, um, you know, once I recorded it, you know, I got with a, a friend and we, you know, decided to write it all down together to perfect it. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, well, just, um, you know, I've been listening to, I, I, I didn't, I didn't read, I've read the book, but I've been listening to your audio yeah. version on uh, Apple Music. And it's interesting hearing you, you know, hearing you talk, read the book. Yeah. Because, like, if I read the book, it's like a whole different idea. Because I, I rarely heard you speak. Yeah. So I had this whole different idea of what right. you'd sound like. But hearing you... It's almost like say the stuff. It kind of almost yeah. It almost has this uh, uh, you know pulpiness to it, where it's just like you're just it's just the real and it's gritty and it's honest and that's what you're getting. And just I don't know if that was kind of what you were going for when you recorded the audio, or just like that's just how you talk. So let yeah. let it rip. Yeah. No, I didn't have to like. Uh, put on no act uh, or nothing where that's concerned. This is this how I speak. I am who I am, and you know I always been a uh, a man that you know my yes mean yes, my no mean no. Yeah. So you know I didn't uh, when I was recording. You know I don't know if you uh, followed a lot of the intros that I put on the Ghetto Boys album, mm-hmm. but you know I would speak on those intros with the same you know, mentality, attitude as I narrated, you know, my audio book in. So this is this is me when I talk. I'm not a speed reader. Yeah. So right about that, but <laughs> that's all that was a breakfast club waiting right there, you know, added some commentary. But uh um yeah, I'm just reading it like because I've been listening to your upbringing and just kind of like all the things that happened that happened to you early in your life and just as as just thinking like was it kind of difficult for you to bring those memories back up or just like were there like points where it's just wondering if uh, you not if you should divulge but if you could divulge that you know, personally and emotionally yeah yeah no definitely uh you know, I went to some places that I didn't even recognize was still uh, sore spots in my heart. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I went to some places where, where pain existed in 1976 or 74. Yeah. And, you know, as I entered like one of the, uh, the old apartment units where I last saw my sister alive, I could feel, you know, different things that I thought was was over. And even every time I explain that story, I feel a little something, uh, you know, where that's concerned. So I definitely had to go to a lot of uh, uh, not happy moments, but I wanted to be brutally honest when yeah. my book was concerned. And I think I was able to accomplish that and, you know, paint a picture of, of the real, you know, my autobiography of the things I went through because so many people, you know, want my glory and don't never heard my story. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting hearing, like, it, with, with many entrepreneurs, it's always that, 
you know, talking about how things were when you're growing up, how you managed to find that business ethic at so young an age. You're talking about uh, it's like the lawnmower business, how you you, know, you started, uh, you know, being more of like a marijuana wholesaler and everything. I'm just, it's, and it's kind of, um, kind of intimidating just to hear that because I didn't have that. And it's just like this kind of the reason why I write. But uh, just, just always want to know just how did it, you know, just, I mean, is, is it something that you have to have at such a young age to just to have that businessman uh, state of uh, state of mind so early in the game? I don't think it's uh, like obligatory that you have to have it at a young age, but, uh, you know, to be gifted with it, you know, at a young age is definitely a blessing. You yeah. Know, and uh, it's one that I had, you know, I, I knew at a young age that I was different from, you know, all the people that I, I hung with. I, yeah. I, I didn't know what it meant, but as in retrospect, you know, as I uh, analyzed my eight-year age or my nine, even I was nine years old, you know, I can recall a, a man, a neighbor down the street uh, calling me 19. And my grandmother asked him, why you call this boy 19? And, and he told her because he has the mind of a 19-year-old. Yeah. And I was eight, nine years old. So I think I was definitely uh, ahead of my time where, you know, a lot of uh, entrepreneurship and, and different things were concerned. Yeah. If I can briefly go back, because, like, this weekend, of course, we have the Drake show, but there's also supposedly supposed to be the Lauren Hill show. Oh, I heard about that. Yeah, you don't you don't know what the hell happened with that. Just well, like, I heard it was canceled. I, yeah. I, don't, I don't know the reason. Yeah, so he's suddenly sick, and then, but she performed Dallas for some reason, so I know if you get getting back at Robert Glasper or whatever, and right. stuff like that. But that also kind of leads me into just all the stuff that, you know, if I, if I may get into that, what happened this summer with uh, with Drake and Pusha T. Like, I've always known you were uh, uh, an influential, uh, powerful man in terms of hip-hop and everything like that, but it's just, like, it kind of blew me away a little bit to know that you had the kind of uh, far-reaching power where you could try, you could squash a beef like that happening. Like you said, Drake had a had a track, but he wasn't gonna drop it and everything like that. And just and just just it just just makes me think just just how like most of just hearing how you know you you kind of bring that I wouldn't say fear, but just like that. Uh, sense of uh, you mean business if you will when you say hey stop this and stop that just like I mean how you feel when you know people you know hear that about you and just think oh this man must be you know just powerful as hell that he can just have that you know, stop in the blink of an eye like that yeah I, I, I love the word respect and uh, yeah. you know because that way you know it, it balances the scale with me because it's yeah. something I give everybody. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I give respect. You know, I earn respect. And at the end of the day, you know, I de- demand my respect. So <clears throat> I think that's, you know, when I speak 
to uh, you know uh, like-minded individuals. <laughs> I would say that they, they respect me enough to, to to stall and listen and be like, okay, where is he coming from with that? You know yeah. what I mean? And they want to hear, you know, where I'm coming from and. And such as Drake, you know, once he heard where I was coming from, because he's a man just like I'm a man, and, you know, Pusha T, you know, who he is who he is as well. But, you know, he could have very easily disagreed with me. Yeah. Now, I believe it would have been a lot of consequences he wouldn't have liked, but yet um, still, you know, he have, because it's consequences when you make bad choices. Yeah. You know I'm, I mean? I'm, I'm just kind of curious what, what the well, consequences would be. Well, I, I mentioned getting in the, uh, the pig pen. <clears throat> a pig pen mentality. For yeah. him to have answered that, he had to get in the pig pen. So the consequences would have been getting slop on him. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. If you get in the pig pen, it's going to be hard to get in there and stay clean. Yeah. You know what I mean? And slop could be some of anything. Yeah. So... <laughs> You know what I mean? So yeah. that's that's my philosophy about that. You know, uh, you can't embrace every invitation that's given to you to be foolish. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I'm glad that he uh, didn't choose to to be foolish. Yeah. Because like you, you bring that sense like when you talk, people listen and then people listen very clearly. Because I don't know if you saw that. Uh, that thread Roy, Roy Wood Jr. had on you in, uh, on Twitter where that, uh, for, you know, Roy Wood Jr., the comedian from The Daily Show, and he was, uh, he was brought in by somebody to prank you. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, the comedian guy. Yeah, yeah, and, he's, yeah. and he, he tried to prank you, and then yeah. when he revealed who he was, he said, yeah, I'm going coming over there right now, and he hightailed it oh, <laughs> out of town. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, just, I don't know if there's any stories where just, like, you, you scare people to the point where they leave town like that. Yeah, I heard that before. Yeah. You know, I've heard that uh, people leave town and different things like that. Uh, you didn't hear all of that story. <laughs> well, I mean? well, they, well they, they gave us the part they wanted us to hear, but, you know, he and I laughed about that, and that's behind us at this point. Uh, but he really kind of caught me on a bad day. Oh, okay. Yeah, because... Well, that's understandable. If somebody's yeah. trying to be on a bad day, I'm like, yeah. wait, where the hell y'all at? I need, yeah. to, need to smack some sense into both of y'all. But, uh... <laughs> oh, well, so... Uh, but uh, just how has the re- reaction been with the book? Has it just been, like, something... It's it, it been, it been great, you know, uh... It's been above and beyond my expectation. You know, I yeah. would say that. Uh, you know, I self-published the book, mm-hmm. and the book has been in the top ten. Yeah. You know, competing with all the books in the world, and uh, I'm only in what fifty percent of the stores, and I'm in the top ten. So that speaks for itself. Uh, you know, what's what's even more important than all of that is you know, you know I, I still consider myself a ghetto boy yeah. and to be able to travel and, and tap into <clears throat> the real ghettos around the world everywhere I go and to, to interact with those brothers that come out 
you know, and speak with me and, you know, pick my brain doing a Q&A, yeah. that's what's really, you know, more exciting to me than, than yeah. any of it, you know. I love uh, uh, being able to inspire, you know, they kids, them, and, and, and to see all of them show up the way they show up is, uh, I love that. I mean, well, well, real quickly, I just wanted to get into uh, just, of course, you know, if anybody talked about regarding, uh, you know, music, and especially rap music, it's you. But also, it's been interesting to hear you talk about how different things have changed in terms of being, uh, you know, somebody in a rap game trying to hustle, you know, so long ago, and but it has, seeing how the, the game is... Uh, change considerably now with social media and everything and just what, what are the things that kind of in a sense take you back as a veteran uh, you know just seeing just just how things ch- uh, change today I know you're very uh, prominent on Instagram and everything but just what are the things that you find most fascinating about how uh, music just uh, moves uh, today as opposed in, in your time the, the speed, yeah, the speed. You know, the power and the access of being able to to reach millions of people at, in a matter of pushing a button seconds. Yeah, you know what I mean. That's like that's real power to me. That's overwhelming. That's something that I wish I would have had access to yeah. back when I was like really, you know what I mean, off into the game because that's who knows. Yeah. What I would have uh, been able to accomplish having that type of uh, you know power. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's amazing. This social media thing is you know whereas it took me a half a year to do something you know you can do that in a few minutes. Yeah. And it's amazing. I mean, is there anybody or anything that uh, music-wise that's uh, ca- catching your fancy, as the white folks would say? Uh, just uh, anything that uh, catching your ear. Yeah, I mean, I, um, you know, my son Jay Prince. We have a a new movement with the YBN, uh, uh, Amir, and Almighty Jay yeah. and Carday. We're partners. Yeah. With that new movement, so that that caught my ear, and as well as, uh, of course, you know, the Drake new album is. It's super hot, and I love the, I love the the Migos. You know what I mean? I think they're one of the hottest groups I ever heard. Yeah. Yeah, and I say that because of the the consistency of the hits yeah. that they put out. I never saw a group uh, put so many hits out. Yeah. In this short period of time. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, so finally, what's uh, next? Uh, what people should know about, what people should look out for with J Prince. Uh, just anything that people should know about in the future for you? <clears throat> yeah. Uh... <coughs> Excuse me. So the next thing that's on my list is uh, some movie money. I wanna, I wanna feel that movie money. Movie money. Mm-hmm. Got any ideas, or, the, or are you looking for ideas or stuff like that? Well, I'm having conversations with uh, a few producers 
uh, that's really interested in either a movie or some type of episode, documentaries or whatnot uh, on my book and on my life. So mm-hmm. I, I should be feeling some of that. So. Yeah, maybe hitting some streaming platforms. <laughs> huh? Hitting some streaming platforms. Yeah, I mean, you know, the sky's the limit, so yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Okay, uh, and where people can uh, find you if they want to know what you're doing on your social media, just where can people catch you and stuff? Yeah, definitely at, at J Prince Respect. You know, that's, that's where you can tap into me at, at J Prince Respect, and you can purchase my book. Amazon, iTunes, Apple, Tidal, uh, and of course, don't forget I have the audio version. For, yeah. For those that don't want to read. Yes, yeah, so there's a lot of people. Yeah, exactly. And sometimes myself, because that's why I've been doing it for the past few days. Right. But uh, thank you very much. I appreciate you talking oh, good, to me. Bro. All right. All right, that was uh, my interview with Jay Prince. Uh, thank you, uh, Mr. Prince, for helping me out with that. I uh, appreciate talking to you. Uh, real quick, uh, shout-out to uh, Ravi Singe for letting me uh, sleep in his garage last night. Uh, shout-out to all the uh, other people that have been helping me out, uh, Scott Weinberg and Matt Prichet, James Walcott, uh, Pam Nelson, uh, Tess Rafferty. Uh, shout-out to L.A. Joby, the, uh, this week's... Um, uh, full figure model on Instagram that I shout out on uh you know on the on the IG there, and all the other people uh, met you know Prejay's family and all all that stuff. You know if I forget if I anybody, I'll let you know on on the uh, social medias later. So, uh, but until then, uh, see you next time or something. And uh, this is Craig Lindsay saying, uh, Sarah Huckabee, me, you, and some farm equipment. All right, I'll see you later. Bye.